0: Are you longing for a real life change and lasting impact? At More To Be, we believe this is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More To Be, host of the More To Be podcast, and I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. On this episode of the podcast, we have my good friend and co-host Kaylee Kelch back with us. Hey, Kaylee, how are you? I am good. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to have another time to chat with you about a topic that you and I have gone back and forth on mm-hmm. a little bit. And so uh, we well, don't know how this is going to unfold, guys, which is what happens with our <laughs> podcast. We kind of have an idea and then we pray about it and we wait to see what God's going to do. So the the topic that's on my heart is, is twofold. I want to put Kaylee on the spot and ask her about an adventure she recently had that I got to watch through her Instagram feed and live vicariously through. Uh, and so um, I, want, I want to talk about that and this idea of travel and family vacations. But my heart behind it is really how that experience was something that you were able to use to shape your family culture and your family values. Mm-hmm. We have another episode with uh, Kimberly Amici on how to create family values and family culture. And I feel like what you've done is a real example of that uh, in terms of building the relationships. So our whole theme of season four is on building relationships. And I, I used an acronym in the introductory uh, episode called TRUE Connections, True Relationship Connections. And TRUE stands for building trust, building respect, building understanding, and building empathy. Mm-hmm. And we kind of cast this vision that our entire season is going to be about how to build these true relationships within family friendships in our relationship with God in our relationship with our coworkers within our relationships at church and so I feel like your trip accomplished that in a very right. particular way, so kind of take us to the beginning and help us understand like why did you choose a, a europe trip and And what pieces of the practical puzzle had to go into place to make that happen? Because I know not everybody's in a situation where they're going to be able to Mm -hmm. go to Europe. But for those who might have that vision for themselves, you might be able to offer a few tips.
1: Well, it kind of started, honestly, um, this was my 20th anniversary with Randy in May. So we're recording this summer, and it'll air in the fall, but May was our 20th anniversary. And honestly, like, since the time we'd gotten married, I wanted to go to Europe. Um, I had been blessed to be able to travel there uh, when I was 13 or 14. Um, And so kind of this idea of family culture, like, goes back to actually my childhood family that my mom – Enjoyed travel and she made it a point to save up and we were not like I was a pastor's kid. We did not have a lot of income. My mom was a stay at home mom and then she went back to work part time. Um, But like I would watch her save and then every few years, you know, we'd get to go somewhere and so it was always a highlight of my childhood to travel. And yes, Europe just kind of was this fairy tale. I remember we, when we got back, it was like, oh my word, I just want to go back someday. And so, you know, you get married and you don't have kids and you think, sure, like this is the the dream. We're just going to save some money and go travel. Well, that never happened. And we had um, our daughter, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And yet I always made it a priority too, to, to um set aside some money in our budget to be able to travel and so for 20 years of our marriage we have gone camping and we have seen the country camping like our kids have actually last two years ago we checked off all of the lower 48 states but i have seen it through a car (laughs) And, and tents and that was the you know cheap way to go and be able to cook all our own meals we would not eat out like as we would go or if we did it was taco bell um so just, you know, again, it was a priority, but we did it like within a frugal budget and managed to fit it within our landscape of our life and our finances. Anyways, so, um, yeah, two years ago, I had been trying to set aside and save and it was not like working, you know, got a decent tax return like three or four years ago and set aside. And then it was like, this is not growing so, we ended up deciding to buy a camper, which turned a pop up camper, which turned into the whole West trip two years ago. And when we got back, um, we were watching the tour to France on TV because Randy and I like to cycle. And the kids enjoy watching it too and just seeing the scenery. And Randy's like, man, it would be so fun to go to the tour someday oh, and, wow. in, in France. And I was like, well, maybe we should just do it. And he's like, what? So I started getting on and researching prices of airfare and that I had just, I had just gotten like a credit card offer, you know, that gave you a bunch of points and it was like, okay, if we got all those points, would we be able to pay for a ticket through that means and not have to pay for it? Anyways, it just turned into this whole research thing. And within a couple of weeks, we decided to sell the camper, even though like that was the new dream, you know, like yeah. here we are, but we sold the camper and actually made some money on it. Excellent. And so we set it aside then and just started saving like crazy for two years and planning and figuring out the cheapest way to do it. And we did Airbnbs so that I could cook all our own meals because we'd have kitchens. And um, I mean, we ate out less than six times, you know, about half a dozen times. And some people would go to Europe to eat, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And
1: And there was a piece of me, I was like, am I missing out, you know, by not? being able to just go sit in a cafe and live it up eating European food. And yet I knew that like this blessing of being there and I was going to enjoy the aspect of still like going to random foreign grocery stores and, you know, buying stuff that was local food and enjoying all of the breads that they had for very cheap prices and local cheeses and stuff like that. And so that's what we did though, you know, is that we would just cook everything. So um yeah that turned into our our vacation, and this dream come true honestly for me um to be able to do this and just take my kids and show them a different aspect of life and mm-hmm. uh, and just spending so much I think the thing for me and the the value of family vacations is like this concentrated time together, mm-hmm. which can also you know create some interesting situations right um but I love just being able to spend so much time together, explore something new. That's also like been a passion of ours of just doing something new together and then having the downtime to play games because we enjoy doing that. And so like there's no, there's nothing taking away in the evenings like when you're at home and there's busyness or schedules and stuff like that. And so that's another piece that's always enjoyable to us. And then all of our vacations are there's a big piece of like spending time outdoors and even in you know, Europe we did some museums but a lot of it was just taking in the scenery and hiking and swimming in alpine lakes and doing fun things like which is important to us where for other families it would be museums and kind of the cultural aspect or it might be for another family it would be all about the food and going out to eat Uh, So knowing, and and I've had to grow into that, but knowing what's important to me and not feeling like I had to live up to somebody else's expectations because I was like, oh my word, I'm missing out on all these cathedrals or I'm missing out on this or I'm missing out on going out to eat. I honestly know that it would have stressed me out more to have spent $100 on a meal than to go buy bread and cheese for under $10 and to go out and sit by a lake that we found on a drive and eat. That was more enjoyable. But there was a piece in my head that was like, oh, you're missing out. You're in Europe. You're going to come back and all your friends are going to be like, what'd you eat? Where'd you go? And I had to talk down that and be like, no, you are living you. Family enjoys and just soak
0: it up. Right. Right. That's so important because Values. I talk about this in the life coach training course. Mm -hmm. We have an entire session just on understanding our core values, and I always say that values is the silent partner. Mm -hmm. It is. It is what drives us, even if we have never checked in with it. Right. And what you're saying is you've checked in with it, and so it drove the direction of your trip. Mm -hmm. You know, another word for values might be priorities. You prioritized. Uh, uh, spending less money on food so that you could enjoy the experience together. And really, that probably translated into a longer trip. It did. You were able to be there for a longer period of time. You were able to play more games together, go on more hikes, do more things together because the top priority, the top value was time. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting because that's where – we can take the, your example and, and translate it to other parts of our lives as the, the women l- leading the culture in our family. I mean, ideally, if we're married, we're leading that culture together and, and right. come together as spouses and say, okay, what's the most important thing? And that's what we're going to have to center ourselves on. But even as a, a mom in a marriage where the husband isn't engaged that way, or there's not the common values of faith or a single mom, every, every person has the opportunity to say, this is what's important to me. How does this line up with scripture? And then make some decisions based on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I've watched like, too, just, you know, you saying like a mom driving or a husband and wife together, Randy did not grow up in a family culture that was that kind of family time and vacations. And yet, um, the more years we've been married, the more value he has placed on that. And he sees too, because like, that's what the kids talk about so much. It's like, do you remember when we went here or this trip or when we saw that. And, and so I've watched him like see through their eyes, the experience and them growing up in this kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. and how, how much he values it now. And he's like, well, where are we going to go next? And I was like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time to start planning your next trip and start saving. Yeah. I'm in awe at your ability to save. That is a foreign concept <laughs> to me.
1: It was a foreign concept to Randy too. Like I grew up though in a household where it was very much like figure out your budget and set aside and like stick with it, you know, and, and don't spend beyond your means. So, I mean, I think there's some, it's just, I'm blessed to have grown up in that environment and then it comes a little bit more naturally to me. Um, But yeah.
0: Has Randy adopted that value?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it took him, it was funny funny story and he tells it too, but like when we first got together, you know, we were in college and um, I had saved through high school. I'd had a decent job and I'd bought my own car. I'm sure my parents helped me a little bit, but like I came to college as a freshman with a car and was paying my car insurance and was, you know, set up and Randy had gotten one of those student credit cards that had fortunately a $300 limit and he'd already maxed it out, you know, like, And, um, so we met and started dating and it like, that was so foreign to me. It was like, how in the world do you have debt? You know? Yeah. And so I remember like early on within a couple of months that I was like, here, here's $300, pay it off, be done with it. And don't spend, you know, like yeah. if you don't have the money, don't spend. And his parents and other people were like, that's crazy. Like, don't, you know, how are you guys setting this up in your relationship? Why are you taking money? But we were already had talked about like the future. Like this wasn't like, here, let me just throw money at a boyfriend, you know. I knew yeah. that we were talking about marriage. Um, but ever since then, like he that I don't know, it was a kick in the pants or something for him that he just he he followed my lead on the whole finance money thing and and setting aside. Um and so we've just always operated out of that mindset.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you guys had an ideal. So Stephen and I, very different. I came from a family of major spenders. Mm-hmm. And the, the top priority was comfort. Mm-hmm. And the second priority was experience. And so whether that looked like a big expensive vacation or uh, an opportunity to you know, go to dance school or right. uh, lessons, you know, whatever it is. And so I had no concept of money. No, right. it. My dad used to say, "Lisa, you think it grows on trees?" I'm like, "Certainly, it does." Right <laughs> of it. I only found out many, many, many years later, as an adult, my dad um, confessed how much debt they were in. I mean, wow. a ridiculous amount of debt. I married Stephen, and he comes from uh, decent resources and decent experiences. They did take a European vacation when they okay. were, you know, your age when you went to Europe. Uh, and they had these memories of traveling across the country, but very frugal, like very, very frugal. They they did not live into their means. They lived below, below their what they means. had the resources for. Yeah. And so he and I just had this like financial collision mm-hmm. for sure. And and yet somehow I emerged as a young adult from the very first credit card, never, ever, ever wanting to pay a finance charge. Mm. So I never, I didn't bring debt in. I just... Right have scared my husband to death that we're going to end up in debt because of my expensive <laughs> taste and my experiences. And the, the last we're, we'll be 23 years married and we have had to figure out
1: mm-hmm. our,
0: our biggest conflict is finances for sure and spending and what is a need versus what is a want. Right. And those are different. Uh, and so this is an area that I end up it becomes a faith challenge for me. Mm-hmm. It becomes, and, and it's a major faith challenge because when I read in scripture that God gives good gifts to his children, right. I struggle over what is the definition of a good gift. Hmm. Right? For yeah. many years of my, and maybe we can look at at some of those passages. I know Matthew 7 um, which was interesting because you had proposed that to me and I had just been studying it, uh, four days, four days ago. Like, um, it, it has been a a passage that I come back to again and again, asking the Lord to help me understand. Right. Um, so, uh, picking up at Matthew seven, verse seven, uh, through, I guess I'll read through 11 And I'm reading the NLT version. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him?
1: I think what we caught up, though, when we read this is that, I mean, as humans, we immediately go to something that's material. Yep. Because we're like, oh, well, and. not exactly material, but sometimes, you know, it might be a healing. Somebody is sick and we're like, Lord, I'm asking, like, why are you not taking away the cancer? Why are you not fixing this? Um, I'm asking for a job. Why are you not providing that? I'm asking to be debt-free. Why aren't you sending money? I'm asking to be able to go on vacation or to live a little bit more comfortable life. Why aren't you giving me that? And yet, if if we turn over to Luke 11, which is the parallel passage to this. Um, Luke writes a little bit more and I feel like he answers the question of what we should be asking for. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's first nine through 13. And so like he basically says and has the same wording that, that Matthew does, but then he ends on this with verse 13. Um, For if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I
0: know that changes everything.
1: It does because it has nothing to do with that. I'm asking because I want and because this makes my life more comfortable. Yes. It has everything to do with that. I'm asking to have God's presence in my life, which is going to take care of you know, giving me peace in the midst of sickness, which is going to give me contentment in the midst of whatever um, vacation my family is able to take or not take, which Mm -hmm. is going to give me, um, you know, peace of mind with whatever finances I do have and wisdom to use those finances well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does change it all because I keep on going back to one of the verses I read this summer uh, about the Holy Spirit, and that Jesus specifically said, "I'm leaving you, mm-hmm. but something better is coming along and giving you the Holy Spirit." Right. And and if Jesus, if we think Jesus is everything, and Jesus says, "No, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit." If Jesus says the Holy Spirit is everything, and the Father here is confirming that to us, that the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Mm-hmm. What we need is different than maybe what we perceive. We mm-hmm. need and what we want, and and yet we're in the earthly. We're still in the earthly, and I was reading in Romans. Uh, I, I, I think this will all make sense. I was reading in Romans because uh, I'm going through Unblinded Faith again. I know I wrote the book, which is funny that I'm reading it, but I'm studying all those scripture passages. You no,
1: know, yeah, because sometimes when you write something, you're like, oh.
0: <laughs> well, oh, okay. I had no idea I thought that way. Yeah. So I've really been camping out in the passages from Unblinded Faith and day 78 with uh. um Romans 8, 28. And I ended up reading from verse 18 to verse uh 30. A- and it was interesting to read this in the mm-hmm. context of preparing to talk with you about this idea of travel. Mm-hmm. Because I need to confess that my jealousy over you taking this trip was pretty huge. Like I looked at all your pictures and I had to turn from green to joy. Like every time, like I, I looked at what you were doing and I was like, man, I wish I was there with my kids. Why didn't I save? Why didn't I plan? Why didn't I make this a priority? What could I have not spent money on? you know, how many, how many decor items are, have I given away or sold at a garage sale that if I had not spent the money on every single one of those things, I would have enough to take this European vacation with my kids. Right. And I didn't have the foresight. I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have the training. I didn't have the experience to do any of that. And, and so I could camp out in jealousy mm-hmm. and yet, and sometimes people say, well, just unfollow the person right? Like, right. and I did at one point, I, um, everybody was going to Israel for like a two week period on <laughs> Facebook. And I took a Facebook sabbatical because right. I was like, I can't, I don't want to unfollow these people, but I cannot handle this. Yeah. And, and so with you, I thought, no, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord for this opportunity that he provided you with Thank you. because I know because I love you one, I know. two, I know that you've walked through hardships. I know that there have, are difficulties and challenges in your life. Mm-hmm. I know that you don't get everything that you want. And this was a God gift to you. Mm-hmm. And, and one that I feel like, why did he offer it to you? I don't know. But do I need to know to be grateful that that's what he gave you? No, like I, um,
1: I actually like, we got to the airport and I started crying. Like oh, sure. I was teared up cause I was like, I can't believe that this is actually happening and I don't want to diminish or take away. Like, and yeah, it, it is. It's the struggle. Like you and I kind of talked about this before getting on the podcast that, you know, you haven't been able to go and you know, I wish you could yeah. and I don't know why. I got to, and yeah, like that I was set up to understand how to save and, and to put things into place to be able to make, you know, to have this happen. Um, but it did. And I give glory to God, but I don't want to say sometimes when we do that, like I worry about that, it comes across, you know, fake or that somebody else, and yeah, like you said that, well, God's not with them or he's not blessing them. Well, well of course he is. It just looks different. And it looks different in this moment in my life, and I, and I did it. Like I hesitated sometimes to post because it was yes. like, ugh, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be like, oh, look at us, look at us. Yes. And yet, yes. like all the other times of like the pictures that we didn't post, they're standing in grocery stores and the kids going, "Mom, hurry up! Like, <laughs> why are you taking so long?" And I'm sitting there with my phone and Google Translate, like what are the ingredients in this <laughs> or doing laundry in these overly small washing machines with no dryers and laying out the clothes and spending hours trying to dry things all over the apartment just to turn around and wear stiff clothing the next day. Cause you know, everything yeah. was just dried um, funny, but you know, I mean, there was all those moments too. And, and I think back and you look at, um, you look at Abraham and Job and other people, like God blessed them with wealth. Like sometimes I've I've felt that I shouldn't have resources. Said, however stupid that might sound, that it's like, well, if I'm, if I'm following God, I'm being humble. Like I shouldn't have certain nice things. And yeah. yet I feel blessed that I do and that I was able to go on this trip. And yet then like I get caught between this level of, you know, Am I am I spending wisely? Am I yeah. being okay with, or am I being a good good steward of what God's given? And yet, yeah, you do look. I mean, Job had wealth; it was taken away, and God like blessed him with even more. I know, I know. You know, they, it, you know then it we do. It comes back to that. God knew, and he he understood their heart and what they could do with what they were given. Yeah, and and like you said, like. How do we rejoice with other people and not judge and not also then compare ourselves? Yeah. Because there's plenty of other people, friends that I have that have way more and travel like every year or multiple times a year. Yeah. And I don't get to do that. And yet I recognize what a gift I was given to be able to
0: take this trip. We I've heard it said, you know, we can't compare other people's public. And, and, you know, look at what's going on in their, in their public world Mm -hmm. with our behind the scenes world. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, there, if, and then if I want what other people have, am I willing to want all of what they have? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. There's, there's always uh, a duplicity in our stories, whether or not we want to show it, like we, social media just makes it so much harder because everything is imaged you know right. whether or not we want it to be it is photographed it is documented mm-hmm. and we're we're there because we have the sense of wanting to connect and wanting to share and yet at the same time the very thing that we share could be a stumbling block in somebody else's life so then are we not supposed to share it right or are we not supposed to pay attention to it and I just think it's the tension of our time mm.
1: well or it comes with a two-edged sword like you said like it was a piece because you love me. You wanted to see where what I was getting to experience. And yet the jealousy was very real. Yeah. And I get that. Like, I mean, totally, totally can understand that. Yeah. Um, And so there's this tension that we live in. And how do we lay that aside and to that, like you, you know, choosing the joy, choosing the contentment, choosing to look at what blessings are in your own life and or like what changes can I make to maybe set aside or to have a plan to be able to do this down the line? So I think those are all those things that we can internalize then to figure out if there's something that we can change or take away that we look at somebody else's family values or what they've put priority to and say, okay, well, how did they get to that point in time? What steps did they take? You know, how did they set aside money or change their financial goals? And yet in our own context of what we're capable of finding contentment and the blessings that God has given us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And where, where can we learn from each other's stories, but then ask God to show us how to adapt mm. it to our to own, our own so, lives. Yeah. So one of the things for us, like we're, it it is summer as we're recording and we are not taking a family vacation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, we've gone to visit family Mm -hmm. which looks like a vacation to the public world because Uh we're in a different location. But we, um, as a family, logistically it was a nightmare to make that decision because we have six people with six different work schedules. So that was obstacle. Number one obstacle. Number two was we were paying for two college educations, which is Uh a core value, right? Like that, that is a decision that other people won't make and they'll say, well, we're going to take debt and still take vacation or, our kids are going to go to community college and we're still going to take vacation. And, mm-hmm. and so we've made our decision around that. And, and so we have been trying to be intentional. You know, our family doesn't like to play games together. We're horrible, horrible, horrible <laughs> at game playing. It It is, it, our personalities do not fit that model whatsoever. I love the idea of it. Right. There, are uh, a half of our family is wretched in game playing. So what do we do? Well, I, I felt very convicted uh that we needed some sort of way to gather together, the Mm -hmm. six of us. And I said, ten o'clock devotions, we're reading through the book of John this summer. And the, you know, everybody's probably thinking, oh, how lovely. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. Okay. Just (laughs) let me tell you, it took five days before all six were like come to the living room with joy. Like Each person had to take a different night of complaining about the inconvenience of this. Right. <laughs> so now we're we're at the place of everyone saying, "Oh, are we doing devos?" And honestly, I think from a memory-making perspective, mm-hmm. it will become that's the summer we read the book of John together. Yeah. And and you know you don't know what your values are. Really, until you look back and see where you spent your time and your money. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I don't think sometimes you recognize the memories until years later. Yeah. Like that—that that suddenly that pops up as a like, oh my word, do you remember when we did whatever? Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say about that your family's not like the personalities for games because Randy struggles with games like. <laughs>
0: and we are very similar so that's pretty uh-huh. funny yes. and like
1: you know his family if they'd play like there was just tension years with games and so he has struggled and yet like the kids and i enjoy it and i've watched him though over all these years and now the the enjoyment that he takes in it and the the level that he doesn't have to he doesn't get frustrated at the winning or losing kind of situation and oh my word we were playing one game and he was like so so far behind like we were all in roughly the same you know um point spread and he was like uh, so far behind and ryan made a little comment and was like kind of grumping about the hands he had and randy pointed out without getting upset or frustrated or angry he was like ryan like <laughs> i am so far behind like you're actually in the mix of maybe winning like do you see this? And, you know, it spawns a family conversation and a growth process in the midst of the games. And I feel like when, with you just sharing about the devotional time, like sometimes we hit hard spots as we try to establish these values or live into them. Yep. But that doesn't mean giving up on them because like now you've crossed over into this, like, okay, everybody's actually buying into this. And like you said, it could be like this memory that people, that you guys all come back to of like, do you remember the summer that we committed to and spent time together as a family studying? Yeah. And, um, but there was, there was hard pieces getting through that and there've been hard games and there've been people walking out or tears. And, you know, and yet we keep coming back to it. And that is something that we do find enjoyment in most of the time. And that is a part of what our family is when we go on vacation.
0: It's so interesting, you know, and, you know, with core values, my, um, my top value is peace. And actually I'm going to post a link on a core values exercise Mm -hmm. that can be downloaded And you can evaluate your core values and you could do it individually. And then together, you could come together and create it as a family. And uh, one of my top of my top five is peace because I grew up in an emotionally, physically abusive home. I want peace. And Jesus has taught me over the last 25 years that my peace is him, Mm -hmm. that, that my goal that I've lived for to have peace in my relationships and peace in my environment is not something I'm going to experience the side of heaven to the degree at which I want to experience right. it. So in those first five days of our new, you know, evening devos, and, and, and even one of my kids said, you know, we did this when we were little, but I don't know why this is irritating me right now. <laughs> and I was like, well, get over it, right? I had this conflict between uh-huh. peace and the value of gathering together as a family. Yeah. They were boom, conflicting. Right. And there would have been a time in my life I would have given up mm-hmm. because the compromise of the value of peace was too great to pursue the value of this kind of family gathering time. Right. And, and yet I, I got by God's grace, God's power, God's strength. I felt the idea came from him. It didn't come from somebody else. I didn't listen to a podcast where people were doing it. Right. I didn't have anything. I had a really bad, bad, bad interaction with multiple children at the same time and, uh, hold away with the Lord and, and said, you got to fix this. I'm at the end of my rope. And he had me in the book of John and I was reading multiple passages about his love and being challenged to put it into action. Right. And I thought my kids need this. Like, I know they went to Christian school. I know they've been in Sunday school their whole life. I know they've been in church, but I know they're not all reading scripture for themselves and they're right. not processing it out loud with us. Right. So I'm like, we're just going to start John one. And so part of my motivation going into it was we need to get to John 15. So that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's the ultimate. chapter they, I no. read with them. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with John one, Stephen wasn't even home. He was away for the week. And I was like, this is what we're doing. We FaceTimed him in one night. He was a part of it. My son's gone this week, you know, serving on a mission trip. And so he's not a part of it. But it's like this, if you don't start, you'll never get there.
1: No, you have to start somewhere. And and I think it's whether it's devotionals or committing to eating dinners together or setting aside and saving so that you can go someplace or even setting aside to save so that you can go out to eat, like whatever you're priority might be taking a step forward because each time you take one step forward, you're making progress.
0: Yeah. 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 So I want to look at this, this, this Romans eight, there's going to be things in this that we've just said that are going to be emphasized here. So uh, Romans uh, eight, 18, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope and we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it, but we look forward to something we don't yet have. We must wait patiently and confidently. I'm going to stop there for a minute. Maybe we could just talk about that section before we go to the end. Uh, You know, I read this and to me, this is like perspective. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at your Instagram, beautiful post about your European, you know, adventure and I long for that. It it could be a moment in which I say, really, do you long for eternity that way? Mm Right. Is that, is, is that trip the end all be all? Or is there something greater? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we can take what we feel like we don't have, where we're lacking, not just in a, a vacation, but like you have mentioned, uh, a, a relationship restoration, mm-hmm. a health rescue, a, a financial crisis, a miserable job, a, a broken home, a broken body, you know, whatever it is that is our suffering, that that is the byproduct of all creation was subjected to God's curse. Right. But that's where we're living in the curse.
1: Well, and I told the kids before we went, you know, like, I was like, this is a dream vacation. I had just started referring to it because I knew this is to me like once in a lifetime opportunity to go for three weeks with my family you know and then before we left though, I was like guys I keep referring it to that way but like there's going to be stuff that's going to happen on this trip that is not going to be comfortable or easy or a dream I'm using quote marks you know because we think of a dream as perfection and everything falls into place and everything is great and I ended up getting sick right before we left and I was like pumping the vitamins because I was like, please don't let me be sick on vacation. Yeah. And, you know, I get on a plane and I'm up for 24 hours. Well, that does nothing for a cold. And, and yeah, it it is this, this crux of like, I wasn't so sick that I was in bed, but I was coughing and sneezing and, you know, runny nose for a few days. And then I passed it on to Caitlin and, and then she was sick. And so my perspective i could look at all those things and the hiccups of just teenagers and you know her getting anxious some days and crying and other things that went wrong and i could look at all those and focus on that or i can turn and look at the amazing scenery and the other fun times we had and i think that's the same thing with regardless of whatever we're facing within our life is we have this choice that god's given us because we do live like it says in a sin cursed world. And yeah. so there's going to be constant challenges and hiccups with it, whatever we have going on. Yeah. And do we look at that and go, "Oh my word, this is horrible," or do we find the 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 ray of sunshine within what God's given us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, continuing on, and the Holy Spirit, which I love that this passage supports the the mm-hmm. passage in Luke, that the gift Asking. is the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So, so even at that point of jealousy and comparison mm-hmm. and, and insecurity and questioning is why is God letting this happen, you know, to me, whatever that, that thing may be it's, it's in our, um, it, 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 God permits us to not have the words, right. He already sees it. And we can just say, Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus, I just, God, like all you, yep. you know? Um, and then verse 27 says, and the father who knows our all hearts knows what the spirit is saying for the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And, and so, his, his
1: will and his harmony is that we would be in relationship with him and content with whatever is happening.
0: Yes. Yes. And yeah, my prayer has become God, only your best and your best timing. Mm. Because that releases my expectations. That releases my, my um, mm-hmm. prescription. Like I am tired of praying, God, will you give me? Right. God, can you do? God, would you only? And, and I am learning at this age to say, I don't know, Lord. Right. Well, right. And and sometimes I'll be more specific and say, uh, you know, we, we had a very specific prayer that Caitlin and I prayed for three years. Uh, so we moved to this area four years ago. Uh, Caitlin had wanted to start horseback riding lessons before we moved. We had Mm -hmm. explored it. It was too far, too expensive, Mm -hmm. too logistically impossible we moved to the middle of horse country and Caitlin started riding her first year here. Uh, a year into her riding, we found another barn that was literally one block over from our neighborhood and we never knew it was there. Oh, wow. And, and she rode there for three years. And in those three years, uh, we prayed God, it would just be so awesome if you would give us horses that we could both ride together that we don't have to pay for. Because we did all the money, we did all the budget, like right. how much would a horse cor- cost? How much would it cost a board? What would we need in vet fees? And, and I remember sitting on the couch in the den doing the worksheet and Caitlin just crying. She's like, we are never going to have that money because yeah because that's like college tuition bills. It's never going to happen, right. mom. And I remember sitting there saying, you know what? But God can make it happen. Mm-hmm. He could if it's his will. Right. And we began praying. Well, lo and behold, you know, September of 2018, I meet this woman who has this farm with horses that she basically said, Mikasa Sukasa, you come ride my horses whenever you want.
1: Yeah. Which I love that story too. And see, my Caitlin has always wanted a horse. And that dream hasn't become a reality. Like no. it never fit into and again, I guess, you know, we could have set aside money for that instead of for vacations, but it wasn't an overall family value. Yep. And I know that she has taken things from our vacations that she loves and enjoys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's been a personal dream of hers is to be able to ride. Yeah. Um. And and it, it hasn't worked out for us or for her. Yeah. I love the fact that you know as I as I watched and I knew you were praying about this and then seeing it unfold and how much it has unfolded and how yeah. how how it is like just shaped now a whole aspect of your life. Yes. Even your family watching you guys all serve on that, the the farm day or whatever yeah. The festival. Yeah. I mean, those are amazing family memories, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you Which
0: know, fits in with our values of we serve together. It, the right. Lord knew that that was a value that we've had mm-hmm. and, and he created a place that that can happen where, I mean, all f- four, there were only four or six of us around, and we went out. They need somebody to feed the horses, and we went out, and the four of us my husband, my son, Caitlin, and I were feeding, you know, 20 horses. And who would have ever pictured that as the right. byproduct to what was a selfish prayer of, I just want to ride, God. Right. And, and yet I struggle to do I post pictures or do I not? Because there's somebody else out there that wants to ride who can't. And, huh? And what isn't seen is conflict and hardship and, and relationship issues. And the fact that this isn't a perfect place and they have their own junk and we're walking through stuff with them. Like you get a mesh in a community, you quickly find out all the problems (laughs) yep and you can't post those. Like you can't put pictures up of the fights. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so how to kind of come back to this, God, your will, your will. And and let me be faithful to you, Lord. In whatever you choose to give me as a as a gift, uh, beyond the gift of the Holy Spirit, like any earthly thing that you give me, how do I honor you with that? Right. And and, and it's hard, but it says here, uh, and we know that God causes every. You know, this is uh, verse twenty-eight. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them, which we often quote only part of it and only in hardship, right? Like somebody suffers. Don't worry. Don't worry. God." God God will work it out. I know, which is not the whole truth. The truth is he works it out for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And, Working it together for good is not our definition of good most of the time. No. His good is everything that we've just read about the eternal glory, not the earthly comfort. Mm -hmm. So in verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to be like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. Having called them, he gave them right standing with himself and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory, which ultimately ultimately, it comes down to, are we willing to receive what God has given us, understanding that there will always be yearning for more, Right. and understanding the context of it's about his glory. Mm-hmm. It's not about our ultimate joy. Yet his joy will be there when he is there, when it's his presence with us it will be there.
1: Yeah. That sums it up honestly. And that all comes back to then working things out with him as to our feelings Mm -hmm. and, and not judging or looking at other people or, you know, turning our heads every which way to see how everybody else is operating or the things that he's given them. Mm -hmm. Well, God bless them with that. Um, It's all about us with him and stewarding what he has given us and, and letting other people and letting him work in other people's lives and give them things too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that he tells us over and over again, be thankful, Mm -hmm. uh, be grateful, be generous. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you know, all the bees throughout scripture of what we were to be. And I think that our role as moms uh, even as spiritually adopted moms right as mentors is to model that yes. that process of this is what I've been given this is this is the value I live by this is how I want to steward this uh, and feel that like God has given it to me and then how do I use these opportunities to impact that next generation right uh, giving them the good of what we've been given and and the wisdom of what we've been given, Because there's opportunity, there's opportunity for you, whether you are uh, planning the vacation or reflecting after it or on it, there's value in me and my, my conversations in the living room around, you know, John, the book of John, or at the farm, if that's where we happen to be. And so are we, are we seizing those moments Mm -hmm. to give God glory and to impart his word and a biblical value into our families into to the, our kiddos and the next generation.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's our ultimate goal, whether it is our biological kids or other, you know, young people that God puts in our lives or other women that he, he sends our way. Yeah. How are we leading and having conversations that, that deal with our feelings and develop healthy relationships and ultimately keep pointing back to him. Mm.
0: Whew, good stuff. Mm hmm. All right. On that, we probably should wrap. And Sounds good. Pray this out. Would you do you want to pray today? Sure. Okay.
1: Heavenly Father, we um, we thank you so much for the blessings that you have given each one of us and each one of our listeners. Just ask that you would help all of us to to look for those blessings and to see them and to lean into your will and your plan for our lives. Um, Lord, may we not compare ourselves to other people, but may we continue to just align ourselves with you and to seek your Holy Spirit for guidance in our own lives that we may live and become the women that you want us to be. May we continue to pour into the people that are around us, whether they're our kids or fellow church members or um, other friends that we would point them back to you and that we would continue to develop healthy and godly relationships that are centered on you we love you so much in your name we pray amen
0: amen so thank you for listening to the more to be podcast we are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with god in his word during your time with us today if you'd like to show your support for the ministry of more to be and our podcast we'd love for you to become a more to be sisterhood circle member You'll be blessed with our signature courses and resources while being a blessing to others. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for our listeners. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.